Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, everybody. This is month nine of our study. We're just getting started with it. What's the title of that study in our book? Anybody know? Anybody got it? Let's see. Let me look here. It is. Uh, access to the grace space Romans 6 okay we're in Romans 6 access to the grace space and we are here on Prince Edward Island with um you know Anne of Green Gables herself (laughs) we are in um, a cottage by the sea and if you look outside the window that's right behind me you can actually see the white caps out there it's a really windy day and I think you guys went for a run this morning and how a walk and how was the weather it was very windy (laughs) and very windy pretty cold yes Pretty cold. Pretty cold. <laughs> pretty cold and pretty windy. And this is Emily yes. Anderson, mm-hmm. and we are traveling from Huntsville, Alabama. And I have Emily, and I have her mom, Jennifer. Jennifer? Hi. We Holly are. Cordelia. She said, just call her Cordelia. That, that works. And then we have Holly Smith. Hey, good morning, everyone. We're really glad that you are getting to listen, whether you're listening close to the time we do it, or we're still in May, actually, so it may be a few days before the folks hear it, but we're going to be in Romans 6, and we're going to be talking about the gray space, and we're, we're specifically going to talk today about um, question number three. If you're in the book, it's on page 104, but this question that introduced the chapter was, shall we continue in sin? that grace might abound and the the rhetorical question gets the answer absolutely not it says then that Paul spends the bulk of this chapter talking about living in freedom from sin the concept of repentance from dead works is the focal point of the chapter it's repetitive but find all these synonymous terms for repentance in the chapter and then we have listed i don't know maybe 13 different ways that we describe repentance so we're going to use our new king james version we're going to talk about these terms and what we decided to do today was there are four of us here and that's fun for me because i'm always lonely when i'm doing these and it's fun to have a crowd here And so we're going to talk about, everybody just picked one, one of those descriptions of repentance from Romans chapter 6. And we're going to kind of talk about what each one would mean in sort of a practical way in our lives, what it would look like. For instance, the first one, what would it look like if you are dead to sin? And that kind of goes along with the one that Emily's doing. Um, what would it look like if you were in a new life? What would it look like in practical terms if you were not letting sin reign or have dominion over your bodies? And so Emily's first, and we're just going to chime in and talk with her about how the old man was crucified. The old man was crucified. So Emily, get us started on this. Okay. So I'm going to read the verse. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So I picked this one because I was thinking about how our old man is crucified and what that, the, the depth of the, 
of the meaning of the word crucified when we say we crucify our old man and it made me think too of the the suffering of our savior as he was crucified so maybe there's some suffering along with our with our repentance mm-hmm. as we repent um, that there's probably going to be some suffering that goes along with that. It's going to be a process because he was, you know, there was a process as he was being led to the cross, as they got him there, as he, you know, there was, there were things that had to be done as he was nailed to the cross. And then, but there, all of that involved suffering. And so maybe there's suffering involved as we strive to be a, a new person. And so, I think that's a really valid point. And so do you think that, I know that Jesus Christ was omniscient, and so he knew um, the details if he if he wanted to know them. He knew mm-hmm. the details of his suffering. But do you think that sometimes we enter in on this path of repentance not knowing mm-hmm. how much it would cost? And I know we're commanded to count the cost ahead of time so that we won't turn back around or realize that we don't have the sta- spiritual stamina to continue on. I get it for you. But um, so do you think that sometimes there are people who, though, um, don't realize that there's going to be suffering and especially in our culture where you know we may be in communities where you know it's kind of the thing to do to mm-hmm. be a part of a congregation somewhere and and so maybe we don't realize that if we truly make that commitment that there will be sacrificial prices that we have to pay what do you think about that yeah i think that sometimes i think that we know that it might be hard but I think sometimes we have maybe no idea exactly how hard it's going to be and so to, to give up, you know, things that have held us for so long. And I guess you know? that's what growing is. It's when it's, you encounter, you know, we have choices to make along the way. Mm-hmm. We encounter, you know, maybe we're on the road to the cross when we first repent. But then when it comes time for the nails, mm-hmm. you know, the crucifi- the crucifixion, the real crucifixion of ourselves and mm-hmm. of our lust, sometimes people will turn back at that point. And so we come to these crossroads where we decide, am mm-hmm. I all in? Right. And that's what crucifixion, although the subjects of crucifixion didn't have a choice we get to choose right and so we decide along that path to our own calvary am i in or am i in Mm -hmm. um and then as you look um you know it talks about in basically in order we crucify so in order that the body of sin might be done away with and i just quickly looked up the done the phrase done away with to be rendered entirely idle useless abolish cease um these are just some words i'm pulling out um to to make void you know so to render our old self completely useless which i know is is the idea of putting to death um uh, that that old man so very good very good i think that um when we think about crucifixion to sin you know and i think that um it, we're probably going to come up on this concept we're we're gonna bury it mm-hmm. and it's not we are going to bury it and so it will take um commitment it will take effort but we're gonna it, 
And we'll make mistakes, but we're not going to un- unearth Earth, that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, pur- it takes some purpose to mm-hmm. dig something up. It does. And so we're going to purposefully keep that sin mm-hmm. crucified mm-hmm. and buried. Anybody have anything else about that? Were you? Do you have anything um, else? Anybody have anything else? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it made me think about when you were discussing that about the parable of the sower, because that kind of mm-hmm. shows the difference of uh, of the people who do mm-hmm. uh, follow God and have the commitment, and it shows the difference of the people who don't do that. And so we see that big difference there um, with that parable. Very good. Um this is um, this is exactly what we're looking for here as we're going through this. We just want to we want to give some ideas, and and this is really, you know, I think the point is made in this lesson that when we go to Romans six, a lot of times we go to three and four, and we just kind of park it at baptism, mm-hmm. and that is a very important concept because that is when we mm-hmm. bury our old man. And we are raised to walk in newness of life. But the baptism here is kind of um, inconsequential. It, not inconsequential, but it is the sub-point to repentance in this chapter. The, the whole chapter is about burying that man of sin, crucifying that man of sin, freeing ourselves from the slavery of sin. And so baptism is the point at which we bury that sin and we rise to walk in newness of life. But the real, and you know, the world talks about baptism as being, you know, when we, when we say a person has to be baptized in order to be saved, well, you're a work salvationist. You believe that person has to work. I'm telling you what, the work is in the repentance. The work is in the crucifying of the old man because that's where... You know, you are putting away things that many times are addictive. You're putting away things that many times are um, relational. You're putting away things that many times have to even be career-oriented. You're making um, some concrete changes that are very hard to make in a world that's saying, you be what you want to be. I'll be what I want to be. We don't really have to, don't, let's don't judge each other. Nothing's real. you know, truth is is um, subjective. So we're, we're living in that world, and yet we're having this different mindset that it is hard. I am going to be a slave. I'm going to either be a slave to sin or I'm going to be a slave to righteousness, and I'm choosing. And um, that's just really an important concept for us to get is that Romans 6 our know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death that passage is really about the death of the old man of sin and that's all that's a process that's a hard process okay um anything else about that particular concept okay so holly which one are you going to talk about i'm doing e and f so they kind of go together we're going to be freed from sin and um, death no longer having dominion over us Um, i'm going to read romans chapter 6 verses 7 through 9 for one who has died has been free set free from sin now if we have died with christ we believe that we will also live with him we know that christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him 
And so um, in verse 7, the word free translates as to show as just or innocent. And then in verse 9, the word dominion means to be possessed by. So we see the difference here in both, both of those verses and the meaning there. Um, Matthew six twenty four. we know that we can't serve two masters. We have to pick one. We have to, there's only two options, right? There's only Satan, which is really you know, in and of itself, ourself, or we're serving ourselves doing what we want to do and what, um, against what God wants us to do. And then, and then the other option is to follow God. And I think, um, today we see in all the, in a lot of the epistles, um, the writers say that I'm a bond servant of Christ. You know, they don't say that I'm a servant of Satan or a servant of sin. They say the opposite. We are, they are servants of God, and that's just making them um, distinguishing that difference between who they serve there. Um, the world, I think, looks at Christianity as a lot of rules, right? A lot of rules, and there's no fun, quote unquote. There's um, they look at it as a negative connotation because they, as a whole, the world rejects authority, um, and they don't want anybody telling them what to do, right? And so they look at Christianity as being slavery in a sense, but that's not what Christianity is, as we see in these verses. Once well, we, it's slavery mm-hmm. to righteousness, right. of course. It's right. slavery to righteousness right. because, as you were saying, there's not mm-hmm. any middle ground because once you leave, mm-hmm. uh, Christ, let's say you leave whichever side you're on, let's say you're leaving the slavery to Christ, you don't find yourself in limbo right. because you are, if you leave righteousness Mm -hmm. slavery to righteousness which is very um i'm gonna say freeing and we'll talk about that a little bit more but if you leave that you're not gonna park in a middle space Mm -hmm. you are going to be a slave of sin and it will be um more and more restricting to you you will you are burning bridges Mm -hmm when you become a slavery to sin that make it very difficult for you to become a slavery a slave of righteousness again and i just um think it's really important that we as people who are um, proclaiming and professing christ and uh, and uh, an adherence to uh, of our will to his a giving over of our will that we're not gonna you know, sometimes we say slide back. Well, there's a sense in which we can backslide, and that's a scriptural term, but there's not a sense in which we are not in one of the kingdoms under one of the reigns. We are serving the Lord or we are serving Satan. And I think that's a really good thing that, that you said mm-hmm. that we pull from this. Mm-hmm. Right, verse 13, I mean, that's going to be your verse, I believe, but it it shows the difference between being instruments of unrighteousness and instruments of righteousness. Um, And that's just further down in this um, context. John 8, you know, it tells us that the truth will set us free. And we sometimes say that flippantly, but that is very true. That statement is very true. And then further in that chapter in verse 36, it says, that we are free indeed, and that word indeed really means truly. I mean, we are really free, you know, and I think people, the world, unfortunately, does not see it that way, as we said before. 
Galatians 5 1 says that we have freedom in Christ and not to be don't be burdened again with the yoke of slavery don't go back to that and that goes back to that parable of the sower you know we see that happening several times in that situation um, and then this morning I was reading in Proverbs and um, Proverbs chapter 3 verses 21 through 26 I'm reading from the ESV but I'm going to read this this is discussing wisdom really but I think we can make the application that these are the things that we have in Christ um, just because we follow God we it says my son do not lose sight of these keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck then if you do these things then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble you will if you lie down you will not be afraid when you lie down your sleep will be sweet do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes for the Lord will be your confidence. So from that true freedom, we walk securely in God. We are not afraid. We sleep well, and God is going to be our confidence. And I think that is some of the freedoms that we enjoy in Christ. I love that. And I think that um, just phrases that um, kind of sum this up that I have heard from people as they're coming up out of the burial. They're putting the old man to death and they're coming up to walk in newness of life. I've heard someone say, I'm so thankful I don't have to feel dirty anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a part of freedom. Mm -hmm. That's a part of freedom. I've heard someone say, um, I feel good that I have stopped being so stubborn. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a part of freedom. And sometimes the um, the entity that enslaves us to the greatest degree is ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we can overcome our own pride, that's freedom. Mm -hmm. That's that's really freedom. I heard one lady say, if I had known that I could truly be forgiven, I would have done this so long ago. And I wish I could get those years back. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, sometimes we, we don't have the length of, uh, the tenure of freedom that we would like to have in this lifetime but that's freedom that's that's saying um you know i'm done serving my time with because of my sin because the wages of sin is death and so the ultimate freedom that comes of course is freedom from death and that's um all over this chapter all over this chapter is repentance and the the freedom that comes from the slavery of unrighteousness when we yield and i love the word yield that's in this chapter too when we yield it's a um it's a giving over of the the human will to uh, trust to trust that if i walk in the way that the lord has instructed me that in the end and even in the interim i will be far more fulfilled full of hope and um, at peace than if I were a slave of sin you know sometimes I think about um, people that I know personally who are slaves of sin and I think we you know in our world it's hard for me to even say I know someone who's a slave of sin because our world just immediately says oh you think you're so righteous I think we can identify the two kingdoms. I don't know that we can always, I, I mean, I know that we can't do it like God can because he knows the hearts of every man. But I think we can look around and see 
that there's two kingdoms and that um that some people have made a choice and i was talking about someone kind of in that situation the other day who's made a choice and how hard it must be to live like let's say in deceit and to constantly have to remember who you've said what to and who has been deceived about this that's slavery I mean, and we can say that about addictions. We can say that about um, even attitudinal sins that bring us down in our hearts. Um, and, and of course, as Christians, then that's Paul's all about that in this book, too, about the war that's going on between the flesh and the spirit, between the instruments of unrighteousness that are even in our own bodies and our minds. He said his body and mind were warring. His flesh and spirit were warring. And so we are doing that. But we are free because we are committed to a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry about uh, figuring out who knows what about me because I am a forgiven sinner. Someone described um, evangelism like this the other day. He said um, it's one bread beggar showing another person where the bread is. Another beggar where the bread is. We are not better than people who are in the kingdom of Satan inherently we are we have been buried and risen to walk in newness of life and so we experience the freedom that comes from just not being um ashamed of what i am all the way through because i'm washed Mm -hmm. i'm i make mistakes but i'm washed and so i love that about your verse what else that's it that's all i have that's great um and i i I hope that everybody who's studying along will take the time to actually study every one of these concepts and maybe look up the words that are in these descriptions of repentance because they're amazing. Now, we're going to take a little break and come back um, and do the other. We'll do two more from this little list. Um, But before we do that, what, Emily... What, Jennifer, has been your very favorite thing? Think hard. Your favorite thing about being on this little island so far? Being with you and Emily and Holly and just sharing that time together, um, that fellowship that it's just been very, very sweet, getting to worship with the Christians yesterday at the tiny little mission church. I mean, and they were just so beautiful and so warm and loving. And it was just amazing to hear truth proclaimed and see the uh, love. And there was such an enthusiasm. They were singing their hearts out. I've heard very large congregations that couldn't sing like, like, you know, how many of us there were maybe 25 there were 26 i think 26 and it was just very very sweet communion with with other christians so yeah and i you know if you ever come to the island the prince edward island if you're an anne of green gables fan you should know that you're going to need to travel to worship you are going to need to travel ours was a little bit over two hours that we traveled and it was onto the mainland of canada in new brunswick 
Moncton was where we worshipped yesterday. But I mean, um, it was great. It was the Riverview Church there. And it was great, um, but it was very multicultural. I mean, there were people where Nigeria, Cameroon. Um, native, a native that grew up there. Massachusetts, uh, Tennessee. Oh, we, there was somebody visiting. Tony there. and Labeth are from Tennessee and Arkansas, Arkansas yeah. area. So the preachers, Tony Brewer, there, and um, they are. They've been here about a year and a half, I think, from from Arkansas. They have a couple of teen-ish children, mm-hmm. and so um, it was just great to get to be among our family that we had never met yet so we're gonna and um, just take a little break here and she was very diplomatic well, what's your favorite thing it's you <laughs> that, that's nice to hear but we are having fun getting to you know, like yesterday we walked on the ocean floor over in the bay of fundy yeah the bay of fundy and actually when the tide is down then the um the well it's rock formations that are made by the highest tide in the world right and so the tide was down considerably at the point in the day when we went there so we were walking where it's I I mean I actually saw a picture where we were walking where there were canoes and people were riding Mm -hmm. in this water so sometimes it's pretty deep there where we were walking so um they said the highest that it gets is 46, I think. Yeah, and yeah, yesterday, I yeah. think it was supposed to get to 30-something. 30 yeah. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, that was pretty fun, pretty amazing to get to see that. So our sh- Emily's shirt says, Fitp- no, oh, she didn't get the, the shirt. But the shirt says, shirt. I, my footprints are on the, I left my footprints, left my footprints on, the on the ocean floor. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. We're getting to, um, you know, the only thing that, that they haven't let me do yet is ice cream we are gonna get ice cream while we're here because it's not a vacation in just a few minutes we're gonna go yeah as soon as we do lunch we're gonna have ice cream for cindy by the way we're probably not gonna do that second podcast because it's ice cream time (laughs) no we'll be back and um i I know these won't be posted together but keep listening because it's a lot more fun to get to do it with three other people than all by myself have a good day